to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Tuesday, June 6, 2023, the Feast of St. Norbert, born in Xanten around 1080. He led a life of contrast and transformation. Initially drawn to worldly pleasures, Norbert served as courtier and almoner to a powerful figures. However, a near-death experience during a thunderstorm changes outlook. This event prompted Norbert to embrace a life of penance and devotion to God. Seeking guidance, Norbert turned to Abbot Kono of Seigberg. Under his direction, Norbert underwent spiritual renewal and founded the Abbey of Furstenberg, generously endowing it with his own property. He commitment, his commitment to his faith deepened, leading him to become a priest. After a retreat in Siegberg Abbey, he celebrated his first Mass and delivered a powerful sermon on the transient nature of worldly pleasures. Throughout his life, Norbert faced challenges. Accused of being an innovator, he resigned from his positions and embraced poverty and humility. He sought counsel from Pope Galatius and was granted the authority to preach. Norbert zealously confronted heresies, converted many, and reconciled enemies. In 1120, at the Pope's request, Norbert founded the Abbey of Pre-Montre and established the Norbertines, the order thrived, and numerous houses founded women from noble families also joined the order. An Archbishop of Magdeburg, Norbert faced challenges in combating heresies, reforming clergy, and promoting peace. He fearlessly defended the true Pope and church authority, and St. Norbert died on June 6, 1134 in Magdeburg, and his body was laid to rest in the Norbertine Abbey of St. Mary, where his tomb became a site of miracles. Norbert was canonized by Pope Gregory Thirteenth in 1582 and lived a, leaving behind a legacy of holiness and reform. St. Norbert's life inspires personal conversion and renewal of faith. His devotion to the Blessed Sacrament, tireless preaching, and establishment of a prayerful religious order have left an indelible mark on the church's history. St. Norbert, pray for us. Happy Tuesday to you. Praise be to God. I'm so glad to be here. And, you know, it's very interesting, St. Norbert. I love St. Norbert. Why? Because uh, four of my friends have uh, joined the Norbertine Fathers, specifically in St. Michael's Abbey in Orange County, in the Orange County area. So that's pretty awesome. In fact, my, my buddy Frater Garion is actually in uh, town this week on a visit. So yeah. uh, happy uh, feast day to, to Frater Garion and to all Norbertines on this day. That abbey is bursting with vocations out in Orange County. Yes, and uh, the Dominicans actually have their origins with the Norbertines as well, because St. Dominic, allegedly, according to the Norbertines, uh, St. Dominic was a Norbertine before he went off to join, uh, to create the Dominicans. So, wow. There you go, and that's why the Dominicans have uh, the white habit, because St. Dominic had it already from the Norbertines. They just kind of changed it up a little bit. Good so, stuff. Fun facts, fun facts. And uh, joining us right now is Tito Edwards. Good morning, Tito. Good morning, Adrian. What a wonderful day to be alive on God's great green earth. Today is Tuesday, and uh, w there's so many exciting things happening in the world today, especially in the news, and I look forward to the show progressing and uh, opening everything up that's coming up. Very good. 
At 15 past the hour, we're going to be discussing the Sacred Heart of Jesus billboard campaign. As it turns out, you may have seen these posts. It's gotten hundreds of uh, retweets on Twitter. It's been shared dozens and dozens of times on Facebook. And so maybe you've seen uh, the Sacred Heart of Jesus billboard campaign somewhere, somehow. Maybe you've seen it in person. And I was uh, realized that it was actually somebody I know that was uh, leading this uh, this billboard campaign. And so I called her up yesterday and asked her if she would be willing to come on and share her story of how this happened. And so at 15 past the hour, we're going to be talking about that. At 30 past the hour, Mary O'Regan is going to be on with us to discuss the Padre Pio movie. We talked about it yesterday, uh, but I wanted to discuss it a little bit further because uh, we want to we talk about the negative aspects of it. But I want to talk about as well. What is the proper view of Padre Pio? So we're going to talk about that at 30 past the hour. In the next hour, Debbie Giorgiani will be on to discuss the degrees of demonic activity. She's the co-host to the Spirit World that is produced out of the Guadalupe Radio Network and is broadcast at 10 a.m. Central Time um, every Saturday. So make sure you tune in in the next hour. We're going to be discussing that. And as always, we have our Fear and Trembling Game Show and we're going to be giving out prizes, as always. So make sure you tune in for that. And you uh, can find our phone number if you want to hop on early, as early as the top of the 7 o'clock hour. You can hop on and check out our phone number. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get all that information. Uh, but let's begin with prayer, is, is our custom. We're going to be praying this month and the whole month long to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. In a special way today, though, I, we've uh, heard word about an hour ago that Pope Francis has gone into the hospital. And so we're going to be praying for Pope Francis in a special way, especially if uh, he's almost, he's like 85 years old, 86 years old. So we pray for a holy death if this should be near his death. And uh, according to Bree Dale, about 20 minutes ago, she reported that uh, this way they have not admitted they have not said that this was a scheduled appointment yet so they uh, we believe that perhaps it is uh, a downturn in his health so whatever it may be we were praying for him and we pray that he have a holy death uh, especially during this month of june we also pray for a smashing of the lgbt heresy and for the virtues of the of humility during this month Amen. and so all these things we pray and of course, as always, we pray for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. Uh, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. My loving Jesus, out of the grateful love I bear thee, and as a reparation for all of my unfaithfulness, I give thee my heart, and I consecrate myself wholly to thee. And with thy aid, I propose never to sin again. Heart of Jesus, burning with love for us, inflame our hearts with love of thee. Let us pray, Lord, we beseech thee, let thy Holy Spirit kindle in our hearts that fire of charity, which our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, sent forth from his innermost hearts upon this earth, and will that it should burn with vehemence, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Tuesday, May 6, Anno Domini 2023, and these are your headlines. Catholic News Agency is reporting Carmelite nuns of the Monastery of the Most Holy Trinity in Arlington, Texas, filed new theft and defamation charges Friday against Bishop Michael Olson of Fort Worth. 
the nun's new charges were filed in a district court for Tarrant County, Texas, the day after Olson dismissed the monastery's prioress, Reverend Mother Teresa Agnes Gerlich, from religious life on the grounds that she had a sexual affair with an unnamed priest. Catholic News Agency is reporting Hong Kong police apprehended almost two dozen citizens for seditious activity on the 34th anniversary of the Chinese Communist government's massacre of citizens at Tiananmen Square, according to the Hong Kong Free Press. The Hong Kong Free Press reported that 11 men and 12 women, ages 20 to 74, were detained in an apparent crackdown on Tiananmen Square memorials over the weekend in Hong Kong. Catholic News World is reporting on June 5th, Pope Francis named three scholars, including a Chinese critic of political equality and leading Australian theologian to the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences. Sciences. Members who not, need not be Catholic are appointed to tenured terms on the basis of their competencies in the social sciences and of their moral integrity. And finally, Crux is reporting Sacramento Diocese shot as migrants abandoned at Pastoral Center. The f they were dropped off via flights from to Sacramento, appear similar to a flight the state of Florida funded last year that brought 49 migrants to Martha's Vineyard and Upscale Island off the coast of Massachusetts. Those were your headlines this morning. God bless you all. The Gospel of the Day comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. Then they sent some of the Pharisees to him and those who were of Herod's party to make him betray himself in his talk. These came and said to him, Master, we know that thou art sincere, that thou holdest no one in awe, making no distinction between man and man, but teachest in all sincerity the way of God. Is it right that tribute should be paid to Caesar, or should we refuse to pay it? But he saw their treachery and said to them, Why do you thus put me to the test? Bring me a silver piece and let me look at it. When they brought it, he asked them, Whose is this likeness? Whose name is inscribed on it? Caesar's, they said. Whereupon Jesus answered them, Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And they were lost in admiration of him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Lord. Now, the commentary here comes from St. Thomas Aquinas in his Katana Aurea. He says, The chief priests, though they sought to take him, feared the multitude, and therefore they endeavored to effect what they could not do of themselves by means of earthly powers, that they might themselves appear to be guiltless of his death. And therefore it is said that they send unto him certain of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. We have said elsewhere of the Herodians that they were, they were a certain new heresy who said that Herod was the Christ because the secession of the kingdom of Judah had failed. Others, however, said that the Herodians were the soldiers of Herod, whom the Pharisees brought as witnesses of the words of Christ, that they might take him and lead him away. But observe how in their wickedness they wished to deceive Christ by flattery. For it goes on, Master, we know that thou art true. Now notice how often this would this happen to you and I, that people may try to flatter you in order to deceive you, in order to get you to trip yourself up. And this is why we have to be careful of flattery. They, it goes on and says, But the bland and crafty question was intended to induce him in his answer rather to fear God than Caesar, and to say that tribute should not be paid so that the Herodians, immediately on hearing this, might hold him to be the author of sedition against the Romans. 
And therefore they added, And carest for no man, for they regardest not the person of any. So that thou wilt not honor Caesar, this is against the truth. Therefore they added, But teach us the way of God true in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? For the whole plot was one which which had a a precipice on both sides, so that if he had said that it was lawful to give tribute to Caesar, they might provoke the nation and the people against him, as though he wished to reduce the nation itself to slavery. But if he said that it was not lawful, that they might accuse him, as though he was stirring up the people against Caesar, the fountain of wisdom escaped their snares. Wherefore there follows, But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny that I may see it. And they brought it. A denarius now was a piece of money accounted to equal to ten smaller coins and bearing the image of Caesar. Wherefore there follows and he saith unto them, Whose is his image and subscription? They said to him, Caesar. So that those who think that our Savior asked the question out of ignorance and not by economy, learn from this that he might have known whose image it was, but he puts the question in order to return them a fitting answer. Therefore it follows that Jesus answering them said unto them, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. For if he had said, Give what bears an image to those who image it bears, that is, the penny to Caesar, for we can both pay Caesar his tribute and offer to God what is his own, that is, the tithes, the first fruits, the oblations, the victims, in the same way he gave tribute both for himself and Peter. Now render to Caesar the money bearing his image, which is collected for him, and render yourselves willingly up to God for the light of thy countenance, O Lord, and not as Caesar's is stamped upon it. The inevitable wants of our bodies is as Caesar's unto each of us. The Lord therefore orders that there should be given to the body its own, that is food and remnant, and to God the things that are God. It goes on, and they marveled at him, that who ought to have believed wondered at such great wisdom because they had found no place for their craftiness. Now, to summarize what St. Thomas here said, it is good to give to the government what belongs to the government. In fact, it is good to give to anybody what belongs to them. That is the virtue of justice, to render unto someone what is due to them. So if we have just taxes, you pay the just taxes. Now, when we give unto God, what belongs to God? Well, it is our very soul. It is our very selves. So we give to God everything. So when he says, look at, the, we look at your money, whose image is on it? Well, then give to the government the government's money. But what are you stamped with? Oh, we are stamped with the Imago Dei, the image of God himself. And therefore, we render our very selves unto God Almighty. We'll be right back with more after this. Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, You are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric, that it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, 
It didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You know, before we jump into this conversation, I just want to uh, let you just update you on this situation here with uh, Pope Francis. Uh, so Bree Dale, about 40 minutes ago, posted, it's nearing 1230 in, in Rome. The Vatican uh, Bulletin has been published without mention of the Pope's visit to Gamilly, which is the hospital. No statement from the Holy See press office. Previously, when the Pope has been admitted in the hospital, the official word was first that it was for a, quote, scheduled appointment. He said with the Pope in his mid-80s, one would think that there's a standard of protocol of preemptively notifying accredited press corps of scheduled medical appointments. And so it is very concerning. It was about an hour ago when it was reported that he was uh, in the hospital. So let's pray that if uh, this be close to the Holy Father's death, that he have a holy death. So we're praying for that intention today. And I'll keep you updated. It's If anything gets updated while the show's going on, I will let you know. Uh, but joining us right now is Ruby Galatolo. Uh, she has an amazing story. I found out, I saw these posters, or these pictures rather, of these billboards of the Sacred Heart of Jesus uh, being shared all over the internet, over Twitter, Facebook, and all over the place that people were sharing it on Instagram. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then I found out that it was from somebody that I knew. So I had to get a hold of Mrs. Galatolo and ask her about the story. She's telling me this, and I'm just blown away at how inspiring it was. So good morning to you, Mrs. Galatolo. Good morning, Mr. Adrian. How are you? Oh, it's so good to that uh, to have you on. It's a good morning. Absolutely. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. Who is, uh, or so how did this happen? How did you get this idea to start setting up these images of the Sacred Heart uh, for, the, uh, for, this, for this month? Yeah, thank you, Adrian, for having me and helping um, promote the idea. It, it really, I, I am very humbled <laughs> um, at how much, um, you know, people have really responded and uh, reacted and, and really want to, to do this in their own local area. So it started um, last year, actually, uh, June of 2022, I was uh, driving to my local grocery store, my local Publix here in Florida, in Ocala. And Ocala is a pretty conservative city for the most part. So you don't really see um, the Pride Month uh, being promoted much around our city, at least not out in public, unless you step into a Target or a Walmart. Um, so I was really bothered because I was going to my grocery store and there was the billboard right across the street. And I saw a Celebrate Pride Month, um, you know, ad on there. And I said, no, I'm like this, you know, I just really uh, bothered by it because as Catholics, we all know that the month of June is 
devoted to the Sacred Heart. Mm. And we've known this for centuries, you know, since the 17th century. And I'm like, you know, we need to start promoting what June really is. And and that's when the idea immediately came to me, why don't we do a billboard (laughs) that, Mm. you know, lets people know what June really is dedicated to, what we should be, um, you know, promoting. And so it was already June when I saw this, uh, obviously last year. So I didn't even think about doing it right away, you know, but I said, you know, next year, I, I really would love to find out how much it would cost to do a billboard. I have no idea. I've never done this before, but I know that it's not a new idea. I have, um, I know people and organizations that do pro-life billboards. I think most of us have seen them, um, you know, in our different local areas. And so at least here we do see a lot of pro-life billboards. And so the idea didn't leave me. I prayed about it. And um, Holy Week this week, it was kind of, you know, itching at me. Like, you know, we're right around the corner from June. If I really want to do this, I need to look into it. And I drove by to see how do I even start. And I saw that the company names are usually on the bottom of the billboard. So I went to the same exact billboard that I saw last year. And I saw that it was um, a clear channel. So I said, well, let me uh, look up on the Internet, Google, um, a phone number, a contact. So I did. I just called them, and they called. then I left a message. They called me back. A sales rep from Orlando called me back, and I said, you know, I would like to uh, put up a billboard. I explained what I wanted to do, and he he sounded very excited about it. Um, And he said, oh, wow, that would be, you know, that's awesome. And so I got a uh, like a sense that he was a, at least a Christian, but I wasn't sure. And um, he said, okay, you know, he sent me a proposal. And when um, I looked at the proposal, I said, you know, this this is doable, I think. Maybe between, you know, a couple friends, maybe we can split the cost. It was like $1,700 hmm. for that one particular one. And I was meeting my sister, my husband, you know, and my family for lunch. And my sister said, well, you know, why don't you send it out to a few people? I'm sure you, you can find, you know, th- there'll be a lot of people that would like to go in on this, you know. So I said, okay, you know, and I did. I just, that night, late at night, like at 10.30 p.m., I forwarded that proposal so people can see, you know, um, that I had already looked into this, I knew what it would cost, and I, I send it out to all my local friends, especially the, you know, mostly the active Catholics that I, I knew. Um, and it, I think it was like 10.30 p.m. And by 11 p.m., I immediately was getting responses within a minute, and I had like $800 in commitments wow. from people. Like, you know, count me in for $100. Mm-hmm. You know, by the next morning, by the time I woke up, we had $2,000. We were ready for the for one billboard, but we had surpassed that goal. And I said, oh, wow. And I, I remember, like, my my dad was here uh, staying with us at the time, and, and I was so excited at that time. My husband was already sleeping, but I was like, Dad, you know, people are like, you know, I already have this much money for the billboard. And uh, praise God, you know, I think we're going to be able to do this. So, um, it was actually the tritium, um, like it was like Holy Wednesday mm-hmm. when I looked into it. And then, so I didn't get back to uh, the sales rep. And Monday morning, he, I kind of even, you know, he called me back and he said, hey, Ruby, you know, um, 
what, you know, are you still interested? I said, yeah, actually, you know, I'm sorry. I, I was, you know, the last three days. And that's when I found out he was Catholic. He says, well, oh, I'm a wow. Roman Catholic, you know, so that was, um, that was really good, you know, because I, I felt comfortable immediately working with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said, I told him, I said, Brian, I think we have enough um, to maybe start looking into a second billboard because now I'm just continuing to get responses. And then people were forwarding my email to other people. Mm. And I was getting uh, people I didn't even know um, from, you know, I live in the center of the state of Florida and people in the panhandle I live like six hours away. We're contacting like so and so. Send me your email. I would like to donate. I'm putting the check in the mail this morning. You know. Oh wow. Um. Yeah, just like that. And then I had another lady a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, so and so told me you were doing this. I would really like to donate. And I said, okay, sure, yeah, absolutely. And uh, the next day, she sees me at church and gives me an envelope. And then I open up the envelope, and it's a $500 check. Wow. And I was just like, this is incredible. So we ended up raising, eight, like, over $8,500, uh, which got us three billboards. One was a pretty expensive because it was right in the heart of downtown Orlando on, uh, like, a highway overpass, the 408. Uh, but after talking to a few of the donors, uh, some of them were from friends from Orlando, um, which is about an hour south of us. And uh, they, they suggested, you think we can get one down there? And I said, absolutely. And, you know, uh, we we looked into it, and, and we could have gotten either two in other locations or that one because um, it seems like the billboards are more like a real estate location. They're priced differently according right, to the area right. and how much viewing they're going to get. Um, so, yeah, so we... So what was kind of the ahead. reaction that you received from it? Do you Have you kind of received positive... Uh, reactions or has there been negative backlash what about the area has uh, the LGBT mob come after you yet no you know okay so Adrian you know when I made that first phone call there was a gut feeling that the enemy would not be happy when when, this was when we were just looking at doing one billboard locally you know I said I had a gut feeling but you know I know I'm a cradle Catholic and I know that we can never allow fear to dictate you know, our actions, because you can always be afraid of what the negative reaction or the backlash. Um, And so far, you know, me personally, um, you know, it's been all positive, all positive. I have not gotten any single negative reaction. I will say that um, the sales rep that has been working with us uh, got kidney stones as he was getting bombarded by other friends and people that were contacting me and he was, he's, you know, their company's nationwide. So they, he can get billboards within 15 minutes. He has the heart work. So within 15 minutes, he can get a, one of these uh, beautiful images of the sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary up um, all over the nation. And so um, I, you know, he had to be hospitalized. He had kidney stones and, you know, so pray for, you know, I asked others to please pray for him because I, mm-hmm. I am, pretty sure that, you know, this is all part of the enemy's tactics, you know, to try to put whatever he can (laughs) to stop. Absolutely. um, Absolutely. And Um, if someone else, because there's so many stories, uh, I mean, everybody feels this way during the month of June, especially. Um, What do you think uh, if someone was like, you know what, I'm inspired, I want to do something like this. uh, What's that like? What should step one? So 
I told you exactly how, it, you know, how this mm-hmm. was inspired. Our, and I will say Our Lady inspired this. I am, I have no doubt right now that she's really behind this. Um, and, and uh, you know, I will add, like I told you yesterday, Adrian, when we were talking, I went out for a walk with my husband to pray the rosary. And I said, if only I had a, you know, as I started receiving all these positive responses from people, I said, if only I had a billion dollars, how many billboards can I get all <laughs> over the country? And little did I know, Our Lady did not need the billion dollars. She could do it without it. And she did. She's doing it, you know. But I think the first step is to make a list of, you know, all your local friends, family that, you know, you know, I think it, you know, I have friends that called me and said, hey, I heard you're doing this. This is great. And I want to do one. And now yesterday I talked to a friend in Milwaukee, my friend Jean Weimer, and they're getting five billboards. And she had to, like, cap the fundraiser Wow. because, you know, yeah, because, you know, there was so much. They were getting enough money, you know, so I think just um, they can, uh, you know, definitely uh, you can contact the, your the companies that are in your area, billboard companies. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of do a search. It, the, my sales rep can definitely help. If uh, they want to call me, uh, I can guide them in that direction. You can send, you know, you can send them my number. If anybody contacts you, you can Feel Absolutely. free to send them my phone number, and I can I can guide them to to them. And then he could send you know you tell them what area, and he can send you a proposal for all the like within a mile radius, okay. within a mile or two mile radius. They, he'll send you a map of where exactly they're located, so you can see it on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, unfortunately, um, uh, we're just out of time now. Uh, but thank you very much, Mrs. Galatalo, for sharing that wonderful story. And I know. Especially during this month, we have to realize that it's not enough to resist the LGBT mob. We also have to present a positive vision of the future, and that is the reign of Christ the King and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But we'll be right back with more after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Because Jesus said in Matthew 23 that no one should be called rabbi, father, or teacher, I'm sure you would never call one of your teachers teacher, would you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a Catholic no-no, calling a priest father. Well, what about Paul calling Timothy, Titus, and Onesimus his sons? No doubt his spiritual sons, but is it not proper for a spiritual son to call his spiritual father father? This reverential title should never have generated such a big point of contention. Secondly, the New Testament. In Acts 7 and Romans 9, we see the term father being used referring to Abraham and some of our great patriarchs. And my take, isn't context everything? When Jesus is speaking to the multitudes, it's oftentimes in the language and style of hyperbole. His discourse was not focused on titles or ecclesiastical guidelines. Jesus is once again warning against giving honor where honor is not due. Next time you see your pastor, just say, hey, preacher, it just seems so lacking. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is 
Tuesday, May 6, 2023. And these are your headlines for this morning. Catholic News Agency reporting the state of Oklahoma approved the country's first ever religious charter school on Monday. The move will allow public funds to pay the tuition of children attending an online Catholic school run by the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City and the Diocese of Tulsa. The statewide virtual charter school board voted 3-2 to approve St. Isidore Seville Catholic Virtual School in a three-hour-long meeting. The yes votes included a new member who was appointed by Republican Governor Kevin Stitt on Friday. Catholic World News and TAZ are reporting Moscow no plans yet for papal envoys visit. While Cardinal Matteo Zuppi is in Kiev this week for peace talks, a Russian government spokesman says that the papal envoy has not yet scheduled a visit to Moscow. The spokesman, the spokesman for Russian President Vladimir Putin told reporters that the Russian leader expected to hear from Cardinal Zuppi after the prelate's visit to Kiev. As for a subsequent trip to Moscow, he said, we will inform you if it is penciled in. Crux is reporting in the wake of one of the deadliest train crashes in India's history in which at least 288 people have been killed and more than a thousand injured when three trains collided. The Catholic Diocese in the area of the disaster has plunged into rescue and relief operations. The response from the church side was immediate as priests and parishioners in and around Balasore got actively involved with the rescue operations, says Father Roy Kuchuparako, director of social services for the Diocese of Balasore, located in the eastern Indian state of Odisha, where the crash occurred. And finally, LiveSite News is reporting an Oklahoma mother is suing her local school district after a 17-year-old transgender student allegedly severely beat her 15-year-old daughter in the girl's bathroom. The lawsuit accuses Edmond School District of failing to enforce a law signed by Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt on May 25th that requires Oklahoma public school students to use restrooms that match the sex on their birth certificates. According to the police report, the transgender student assailant became angry with the victim after she refused to answer a question, telling the male student she didn't want to speak to him and why, according to Fox News. I am Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. In just a moment, we're going to be discussing more with the about the Padre Pio movie. There's always something to talk about when it comes to uh, Padre Pio. He's a wonderful saint. In fact, he's actually my confirmation saint. So even though I am a Dominican at heart, uh, my confirmation saint is, in fact, a Franciscan. I know. It's scandalous. Very scandalous, really. Uh, to be fair, in my defense, I didn't know much about Dominicans whenever I was, in, uh, when I was getting confirmed, which is a story for another day because I also went to St. Thomas High School. So you're thinking, how does that work that you didn't know who the Dominicans were when you went to a school named after a Dominican? Kind of strange, right? So we're going to have that conversation in just a little bit. Uh, But before we do, there was one story that I wanted to cover that I found to be incredibly concerning. And I'm just going to read to you the headline, and if we have time, we'll discuss further. And if we don't have time today, we're definitely going to bring this back up because this is a massive deal. So in Kansas City, the archbishop has let the faithful know that some priests 
were offering invalid masses for a very long time. In fact, to make uh, matters worse, not only was this happening, but the, the reason why it was invalid was because they were using invalid matter. So for a, the sacraments to be valid, a priest has to use proper form and matter, meaning he has to use bread and wine. If he fails to use bread and wine, then it's not a valid mass, and you do not attend mass. So even if the valid matter was used for the bread, for the body, for the, the consecration of the host, if the invalid matter was used for the precious blood, for the wine, for the body and blood of our Lord under the species of wine, if the invalid matter is used there, you do not offer the sacrifice because the priest, it is required that the priest consume the victim, consume Christ. And so the sacrifice did not happen. So for years, there was no masses being said. And for everyone who had intentions, who was paying for, who was uh, giving donations for stipends for masses to be said for different reasons, none of those were happening. None of those happened. This is a very, very concerning situation. The, the pillar put this out. They says the Archbishop of Kansas City has warned priests that they could be offering mass with invalid matter and they should ensure their altar wine is both free from additives and especially vented for sacramental use. The Archbishop wrote to priests on May 31st to warn that he had recently learned of parishes and notice parishes with a S at the end using wine that would invalidate their attempts to offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It goes on and says, It has recently been reported by two priests, having served in three different parishes, that upon their appointment to these parishes, they soon discovered the long-term use of wines that are in fact invalid matter for the confection of the Eucharist. Archbishop Joseph Nauman noted in a May 31st letter obtained by the pillar. As a result, he wrote, in those parishes for any number of years, all masses were invalid, and therefore the intentions for which those masses were offered were not satisfied, including the obligation pastors have to offer mass for the people. This is a gravely serious situation which we must now petition the Holy See for guidance on restorative matters. I don't know how you restore this matter. This is a very, very concerning this there is just so much here that I don't even know where to even begin. Now, there is much more that could be said about this and much more that will be said about this. But the thing that I want to kind of take away from this, and we'll discuss this further uh, probably tomorrow, is the fact that I, I just do not go to churches. I, I, I don't go to churches where there are priests that I don't know personally. Because I just don't know. I just don't. I, it's a, it's a, it feels like a sad thing to say and a very bad thing to say. But I don't trust a lot of these priests. Because I don't know what, what their formation was like. Maybe they're great. I have no idea. I'm not judging them negatively. I'm just having a sense of skepticism. Because we hear all the time of stories like this. Where priests are doing crazy things. And when the story came out, a number of people reached out to me and they're telling me, oh yeah, I, I was told by a priest, a friend of mine, who when he opened the tabernacle at a new church he went to for the first time, 
that there were chips in the tabernacle, that they were using chips instead of, instead of hosts. This is absurd. And someone else is telling me that they had welches in the fridge where they, where they normally would keep the wine. There is uh, so many stories like this that I hear constantly, constantly popping up. This is very, very concerning. And this is why I simply just avoid going to churches where I don't know the priest, where I'm not familiar with the practice of the priest and with the knowledge of the priest. And I, I know that sounds, that sounds bad, but simply due to the situation we find ourselves in in our day, we have to just be skeptical. We have to listen. This is the burden of being Catholic in the 21st century. The burden of being Catholic in our day. Every age has their, has their crosses. Every age has a period where there is going to be great turmoil and requires extra virtue, a specific virtue for that time. And the virtue that we have to have in our day is vigilance and study. Because we as Catholics do not have the benefit of the doubt. We do not have the benefit of being able to just say, whatever Father says is the way to go. Whatever the bishop says is the way to go. I'm just going to be obedient to my priest and my bishop, and I am set. We don't have that luxury in our time. Instead, we have to be vigilant about what is going on around us. We have to be able to be watching. We can't just ease into a malaise, and we can't have a spirit of slothfulness. Instead, we have to be vigilant about what father is doing, what the bishop is doing, what people at the parish are doing, and we have to be educated because we need to know the faith we have to know the right way the sacraments are to be done. We have to be able to know the words that need to be said. These are the things that have to happen because if they do not happen, if the Father says the wrong thing, this will invalidate our sacraments. And I know personally priests, and they're not these rad trad priests. They're very normal priests. And they would tell me, they said, Adrian, when you go to confession, make sure you listen to the words that the priest says that he uses the right form of absolution because there are many priests who do not use the right form of absolution. They make it up themselves. And this would invalidate your confession. And this goes across the board for all the sacraments. It's a sad situation we find ourselves in, but it's a real situation we find ourselves in. We can't just bury our heads in the sand and pretend everything is hunky-dory because it's not. We have to be vigilant and we have to have the burden of being educated in our faith. Well, this is why it's good that you listen to Catholic Radio. It's good that you tune in here, but you should be going beyond that as well. And there are a lot of great books out there and maybe some courses that should be taken, but we have to be girded in our faith. We'll be right back with more after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever thought, well, why can't a prayer at a Catholic Mass cause the Holy Spirit to come upon the bread and wine and thus turn it into the actual body and blood of Jesus? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, remember, three of the most magnificent miracles were a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon someone or something such as the Holy Spirit came upon the face of the deep and God created the world. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she brought forth Jesus in her womb. Secondly, a 
boatload of scriptural support, such as 1 Corinthians 10, 16, which says the cup of blessing which we bless is it not a participation in the blood of Christ. And thirdly, my honest reflection, your transformation after a prayer for conversion was not and is not noticeable in the human eye. So then why do you reject a prayer which transforms bread and wine into Jesus' body and blood? I know the reason, just a whole bunch of people have told you that. Hey, Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? Original sin. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Before we jump into the conversation, I just wanted to give you an update on what's happening with Pope Francis. So Catholic News Agency just put an article saying that Pope Francis spent about 40 minutes at Gamelli Hospital for a checkup on Tuesday morning, media reports say. That'd be today. Um, and Bridell responded to this and has a quote tweeted it and said that the Holy See press office has not responded to any inquiries, nor has there any statement been issued as of 1338 and their time in Italy time, a head of state age 80 plus has taken to the hospital and no preemptive notice to press. Hmm. Question mark. So it is interesting. It's something that we should definitely keep in our prayers. Um, and Breedale's not one to uh, be a rumor monger or to jump onto things in it that are not substantiated and yeah. she's simply asking questions at the moment she's a real but professional it's, uh, but it's good to uh, to keep in mind uh what's going on and to see to watch and to see what's happening so we'll just keep you updated as things happen i'm sure we'll know something more to by tomorrow uh, but for right now uh what we know is the holy father went to the hospital for about 40 minutes at a unplanned quote-unquote checkup um so we'll find out i'm sure soon what the deal is. Uh, but joining us right now is Mary. Um, good morning to you, Mary. Good morning, Adrian. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it was uh, very interesting, the, the Padre Pio movie. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. And the situation with this movie immediately got a lot of backlash because um, people were very excited about the movie. And they were expecting it to be a great portrayal of Padre Pio. But it doesn't seem that that's exactly what we got. Are you familiar with, uh, did you see the movie or uh, are you familiar with what happened? Yes, I did see the movie. And so what were your thoughts about the portrayal of uh, Padre Pio? Yesterday we mentioned a lot of the concerning things that were happening in the movie and why we as Catholics should definitely not see it. Uh, But what about just the portrayal of Padre Pio in general? Well, I think that Shia LaBeouf does an absolutely amazing job. I think that he is ruggedly handsome, as Padre Pio was. He has that same charisma. You see, I'm borrowing from, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Padre Pio author. Um, I'm hoping to publish with 10 books who are very interested in the book. And, but I came to know Padre Pio as a teenager when he appeared to me twice. And when I was 17, 
I had, I, when I was 14 and then 17, um, I had an experience of meeting Padre Pio. And I feel that Shia, in his conversion to Catholicism, definitely embodies the holiness of Padre Pio in his portrayal of Padre Pio for the most part. Where the film lets us down is in regards to the, in, in regards to the person of the devil. The person of the devil, um, as portrayed in the film, is not what happened with Padre Pio. And if I may jump right in, Adrian, as it were, um, the devil did attack Padre Pio um, with merciless temptations in the first eight years of Padre Pio's priesthood. So, folks, this would be from the time that Padre Pio was 23 to 31. Padre Pio was subject to absolutely ferocious temptations. And the film mostly borrows from just a few weeks. It makes it seem as though some certain temptations that were visited on Padre Pio in a few weeks were visited on him. Um, these were on, There's only a sampling of the temptations that were visited on Padre Pio in the film. But Padre Pio was visited by the devil who came to him as a woman dancing, dancing naked and dancing lustfully. But in the film, the, the devil approaches a picture of Our Lady and um, actually acts in a sexual manner towards that picture. But Padre Pio was adamant that um, Our Lady is the one who crushes the head of Satan and it's it would be it that did not happen. The devil mm. did not the devil did not kiss an image of Our Lady in a sexual manner. Uh that did ne- that never happened in the life of Padre Pio because Padre Pio was adamant that saying the rosary makes Our Lady present. Our Mary is present in every decade of the rosary and whenever he was attacked by the devil he clutched his rosary. And that does not happen as much in the film as it needs to happen. Hmm. And you see, when, when you have the devil um, acting sexually towards a picture of Our Lady, it undermines that which is our greatest protection, and um, to put ourselves under her mantle. Yeah, and, that's very concerning, and especially, I mean, any kind of, if they're depicting it, that means they actually did it, and that is uh, sacrilegious and blasphemous, and should be, uh, and for that reason alone, a Catholic should avoid this movie. But, and so this brings up an interesting point, uh, a lady uh, put out an article on this on this movie, and in it they said that that this is a quote from their article. This is Abel's way of showing that Padre Pio was yes, he was holy, but he was also a sinner. This is in his early twenties. He's going through his struggles. There's a passage in one of Padre Pio's letters to his spiritual director saying, "I'm having difficulties with my passions, with lust. I lied one time as a priest. I'm having difficulties with my temper. It's there." Uh, what would your response be to that uh, quotation there from Aladia? Well, I think that we're talking about a specific time period in Padre Pio's life when, the stig- when, he, when he had the stigmata, and yet it was invisible. He had prayed that the stigmata would be made invisible. We're talking about one eight-year period in Padre Pio's life uh, that is not representative of his whole priesthood, because when he accepted the visible stigmata. Christ comes to him as a, when he's when he's 31, and he accepts the visible stigmata. Christ wounds him, and the wounds will not become invisible again. The devil loses 
all power to tempt Pio at that point. And that was noted, that was categorically noted by his spiritual directors, that the ending of the film has, has Sheila Buff in the, in the role of Padre Pio, receiving the visible stigmata. But we're talking about the fact that he was a young priest, and I would not like people to think that this was his spirituality for the entirety of his life, because something that's a preoccupation in my book about Padre Pio is that he had graduations in the spiritual life. His life is always mystical milestone after mystical milestone, and he had these tremendous graduations, but before he gets the visible stigmata at 31, he's absolutely excoriated by demonic temptations for the eight years before that, from the age of the 23 to 31. And that had the role of humbling him. And that's actually one of the good things about the film. You see Shia LaBeouf acts very, very well as this priest who is very, very highly favored. Padre Pio was awesomely highly favored. And yet, He's becoming more and more humble, but um, the film also falls down in the fact that it has Pio using curses against the devil. Again, the devil comes in the form of a woman, when in fact, in real life, the devil came in the form of a man, hmm. a man of a highly sophisticated, extraordinarily handsome, um, debonair man who was able to give the most sophisticated answers as to why he had sinned. Padre Pio realized he was the um, realized he was Satan and asked him to say, long live Jesus, long live Mary. He wouldn't say it and he disappeared. That's what happened in real life. In the film, the devil is a woman and Pio is using they put the F word in the mouth of Pio and Pio would not have used language that the devil would want him to use. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, I think about myself and I'm like I am not a, a holy man by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, simply go ask my uh, my family. Uh, they'll let you know. They'll give you a list. Uh, but one vice I do not have is I, I do not have a very uh, foul mouth. And I'm thinking to myself, if I can go without cursing, then of course Padre Pio could go without cursing. Because people were like, oh, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. He's Italian. That's like a normal thing. Um, what would you say to that? Well, I would say that um, Padre Pio was brought up by his mother, and she he thought she taught him that cursing was a crime, that he mm. was to exempt himself from the company of anyone who cursed. And um, I mean, I was brought up in Ireland. I was brought up in Ireland with children who were quite filthy mouths. Um, <laughs> I'm from County Cork, um, and I can't say that I've never cursed. So I'm I can't um, I can't. Um, Mm-hmm. I say I'm not, in, I'm not in a position, but at the same time, it's just not the, the, the it misses an opportunity by putting the F word into Padre Pio's mouth. It, it it misses that opportunity when because Padre Pio relied always on the holy name. He would ask the devil, he would ask the devil who he suspected was a devil to say the holy name, and either um, Satan or one of his satellites could never utter the name of the Savior, and that's how Pio would know. So it misses an opportunity to tell the viewer what actually really happened. And it actually would have been much more dramatically moving had they put the the, the Savior's name, had Jesus, in, in that moment when he's ousting, instead of the F word again, um, 
because mm-hmm. I don't think we see we see that throughout the movie that Pio does use that recourse. He does ask the demons to say. We're just about out of time. Before we run out of time, I had a one more thing that I that seems to be a point, plot point in the movie, from my understanding, is Padre Pio's relationship between the fascist and the communist. Uh, where is the uh, the historical reality in that story in that uh, kind of relationship? Well, it's actually very unfortunate because it makes it seem that that was all the townspeople when that was only a faction. And the vast majority of the townspeople I'm talking about uh, were very, very holy people who really wanted to support his ministry and weren't so owned by their political allegiances. And we have to remember that the people of San Giovanni Rotondo were much more united together. And they were the ones who stopped Padre Pio from being ousted. They, there was, a, there was a, a call, uh, not long after he gets the stigmata, to have him removed from San Giovanni Rotondo and sent away, even to Spain. And they gathered around the monastery, they, thousands of them. They kept an armed guard and they said, no, he's not leaving us. We will not have him left. And they were led, they were together, they were united in that. I feel that that is a very unfortunate, I mean, I'm not actually sure of the historical, I don't actually think it's actually that accurate. The portrayal of mm. that and it makes it seem as though they were all the townspeople when they was that was just a faction and it um it is it is very unfortunate it is representative of the rest of italy but not san giovanni rotundo which padre pio himself hailed as blessed also it was the spiritual daughter who paid for padre pio's train fare to go to san giovanni in, in the first place um there were people who wanted him to come and they were the ones who... I'm sorry, Mary. We're just about out of time. Thank you, Mary. Uh, we'll have to have you back in the future to talk about this. Uh, Mary O'Regan, thank you. God bless you. God love you. Have a blessed day. You can find her blog at thepathlesstaken7.blogspot.com. That's thepathlesstaken7.blogspot.com. That's Mary's blog. Uh, God bless you. God love you. And that's going to do it for the first hour. In the next hour, if you can join us, Debbie Giorgiani with the Spirit World is going to be on with us to talk about Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the Word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life, okay, hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, 
I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I'm Father Paul Hovenitz, the pastor of St. Justin Martyr Catholic Church, and I appreciate KSHJ Houston 1430, truly radio for your soul. The Vatican, things going on with movies, things going on with all sorts of things, with sacraments in Kansas, so many things, so many things, and it, it feels like we're in a situation where there's demonic activity everywhere we go. And on to talk to us about demonic activity is Debbie Giorgiani with 25 years of dedicated service in catechetical ministry and co-hosting the live national radio show, The Spirit World. And Debbie brings a unique perspective on insights on angels, demons, and the intricate relationship between the spiritual and the physical world. You can listen live at 10 a.m. Central Time every Saturday, The Spirit World. But good morning to you, Debbie Giorgiani. Hello, Adrian. Thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show. I thought Mary's interview was amazing. Thank you for bringing her on. Absolutely, absolutely. It's very, very interesting, the situation with uh, the whole Padre Pio situation. And we were kind of touching on the topic of uh, of spiritual warfare. So I think it's very apropos that we have you on immediately after and we talk about this because uh, we're talking about degrees of demonic activity. Padre Pio now received pretty much every degree of demonic activity in his life, uh, short of possession. But um, so tell me about the degrees of demonic activity. Let's start there. What are the degrees of demonic activities? Every person that's involved with demons, are they, are they all possessed? Is everyone possessed? Uh, well, actually, possession is very rare. Um, exorcism ministry, is it, that's not an area that I actually um, focus on. That is actually religious demonologist Adam Bly. Um, he is a, he's a paratus in the ministry, which means he's a, a church-decreed expert. And so he um, is in the exorcism ministry on a weekly basis. He's a coach um, to... Um, uh, priests during the solemn rite of exorcism over a thousand exorcisms so he's more uh versed in that area i actually adrian uh do the um kind of the the guardian angel side the angel the good angels the holy angels um i do i specialize in that uh, studying that studying that area for 13 years but uh like you said the degrees of demonic activity you know you have uh, the kind of the first level where there's that it, they call it infestation, right? Where there's that the haunted house type, you know, uh, uh, activity. And, you know, these portals, the demons come in through these portals of various ways and choices that people make, Adrian, when they are dabbling in the occult. Okay. So they are opening the doors for these demons to come in and to make, make a home. 
and infestation. And then you have, of course, oppression, um, where we could we could talk about, we could kind of focus on, because that's really where a lot of people are struggling between the difference of, of depression and mental illness and actual oppression, right? So there's that that area right there. Then there's obsession, and then the extreme possession, which is very, very rare. And the reason why Adam and I this weekend, Adrian, that we're going to be discussing again for the third time demonic activity and the levels of demonic activity is because um, we have a lot of um, uh, folks that are emailing us to the spirit world. And they're saying, you know, my spouse is a couch potato and I and he, he they won't do anything and they're and they're not participating in in the uh, family activities. I think they might be possessed. And so we really need to cover it because it's just not accurate. So you're saying that when I invite my friend over to mass on a weekday and they're like, eh, I don't want to go to mass, that it's not because they're possessed? <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, okay. That's just, right. just wanted to make That's clear right. that. So yeah. in that case, whenever we see things like that, uh, is it typically do we say, okay, there's a huge uh, cleaving right here. It's either demonic activity or not demonic activity, mm-hmm. or is there kind of a, a, a middle ground there where we say, well, we know there are people who have temptation, and maybe it's just a temptation to sloth or temptation to achidia. Mm-hmm. Uh, what say you, Mrs. Giorgiani? Oh, that, that's excellent what you just said. Absolutely uh, spot on. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a real, um, there's a leaning towards trying to blame everything on the devil. You know, we we have to uh, take um, note of our choices and the things that we are we are saying yes to. We also have to be very aware of where we're at physically and mentally, um, because that plays a huge factor. Okay, so it's not always the devil's around the corner type thing. Um, so it, it, that's why it's very important. And that's one of the reasons, boy, you, you zeroed right in on it, Adrian, without maybe you even realizing you did, you did so. That's the reason why Adam and I came together to, to do, start the show, uh, a year ago is because we just found that there was, there really wasn't a solid catechesis on this. It wasn't getting out there. And so nobody really knew what to blame the devil, how to blame the devil, when to bring, when to say it was the devil, when not to say. And so we said, there's, this is really going in a bad direction. So we wanted to just really clear things up for folks, calm things down a bit, make people realize that the majority of, of, of uh, these things that are happening, um, may have a, a, uh, an, 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 an uh, it could be aligned with mental illness. Mm. So people need to really go to their doctors first. You know, they need to do that. They need to go ha- go to a good confession. And a lot of this can be can be rectified. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's a very good and hopeful note because some people may become scared of the demonic and think that hey, they have no control. And in fact, that's actually the one of the things I did not like about the... Um, the movie Nefarious. I liked it overall. It was 90%. I was like 100%. This is great. I recommend people to watch it. But the one thing that I did not like about it was it seemed as though that this the the man who was possessed had zero free will, that from the earliest days of his life, uh, the devil had possessed him, and he had never made a free choice. Uh, he had made all his decisions, everything that led to his uh, time there in prison and to his death was all due to the devil and the devil alone. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. And so what say you about that? Um, Does the devil take away our free will? 
Well, no, 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 absolutely not. But I, I want to, I want to share something with you on that because that's interesting. That was one of the things that I learned through working with Adam Bly. Is um, I, I always thought I was like you shared at the beginning of of uh, introducing me that I've been in religious education for many, many years, and I always thought that people with um, like a compromised, you know, brain health issues and stuff like that, they weren't really, um, they, they weren't really. Like I, I, how, how do you say this? Free to, you know, free to kind of say yes to letting the devil in, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I thought, well, they can't really be preyed upon, but that's that's just not true. See, the demons, um, the demons will come in, uh, and remember, everything is permitted by God for the for that person to hopefully get stronger, right? So there's there's an outcome that that is that is, um, you know, desired. So when that person is fully comp when that person gets compromised over and over and over again adrian and and what you tapped into with the movie nefarious i i sort of felt the same way when i was watching it is that is that when a person becomes so compromised the the demons then can um manifest in that person's body but you know here's the thing it's not it doesn't infringe upon the uh, the free will okay and it doesn't um take over the soul all right, so we have to be, ve- that's why we have to be very clear on what these levels of demonic activity are, how they impact the body, how they, how, what we can do to get stronger to prevent this and also to make sure it never happens uh, to us in the future is, is very important. So you again tapped into something that we're very, we feel very passionate about that we want to get out there quickly because we think there's a lot of mis- miscommunication out there, a lot of misunderstanding of what exactly uh, the demons can do, will do, and have done. So, um, but that person in the film, I, I picked up on it. He seemed very tormented. So he's, he, he was very compromised. So you, you have to imagine that he had mental illness playing a factor. He had anxiety, depression. He he had let the demons in early on. Remember, the demons come in in, in layers. It doesn't. It's not just one thing. It's not just one demon. It, it it comes in in layers, and so he was so severely compromised, and then was eventually taken over by possession. Absolutely. Now, like you had mentioned, this it's a very rare for people to be possessed, and probably uh, just as rare to encounter somebody that's possessed, though perhaps maybe. Uh, not as rare as we would think, but we would much more um, be tempted in the normal means uh, being perhaps having uh, experiencing uh, oppression or simply maybe just temptation um, because temptation comes from the world, the flesh and the devil. So it could be from the devil. So how do we uh, gird ourselves to protect ourselves from those potential attacks from the devil? Mm-hmm. Great question, Adrian. Boy, I want to take you on the road with me. You're amazing. <laughs> okay, you that is amazing. And we didn't even we didn't even plan this ahead of time. You just knew to ask these questions. I believe those are those were Holy Spirit inspired questions. Um, what I would recommend for folks, uh, if you are Catholic, please um, wear a, a blessed um, crucifix or a, a, with a Saint Benedict medal in it. That would be great. Or Saint Amen. Benedict medal. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, a miraculous medal. Also say the um, St. Michael prayer in the morning and the evening. Also say the um, the guardian angel prayer. I know we learned it as kids and it sounds really cute, but it's it's really very powerful because mm-hmm. you're 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 acknowledging the mission of the guardian angels. 
Um, make sure uh, one Hail Mary, one our, our Father is very, very powerful. How do we know that? Because Adam talks about it during during the solemn rite of exorcism. Um, it has been told to them. Remember, all all of heaven is kind of responding in these in these um, sessions, and um, and it's it's the the prayer, the Hail Mary, the Our Father, very powerful. Go to confession, please. Go to confession. Clear the channels. Clear it. So, so you can, so you can have that abundance of grace. So go to confession. Um, stay away from anything that is associated with the occult. Stay away from anything that is, that is foreign to you. Um, that you have, you know, when you learned as a child what, what Catholicism is all about. If you see something else coming in from, from an, a different angle and it's very, it feels very foreign to you, stay away from it. Stay away. Even if somebody says, Oh, it's so lucky. It's so magical. It's so this. No, it's probably going to be a portal for the demon and that's dangerous. If you're not Catholic, um, please become um, Catholic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes, Right. And please just, you know, deep prayer, get into scripture and stay very focused on on Jesus himself. Very important. So, hey, Debbie, this is Tito. I just yes. have one quick Hi, question. Tito. Hi, what I'm familiar with with uh, holy water. What do we use with blessed salt? I, how do we use it? What is mm-hmm. it for exactly? Mm-hmm. Sure. Same thing, Tito, with any of the sacramentals, but the holy water and blessed salt and blessed oil. Um, are very effective um, to really, uh, the best way I describe it, Tito, to, to folks is that it, it kind of blocks, it's like a, a, a shut door, the ah. door shuts. And and so it they, they don't, um, the demons do, do not want to be around things that point to God. They don't want to. They, they, they go away from it. So we also recommend that if you go into like, um, if you're traveling and you go into a hotel room, Okay, you know, it, bring holy water, bring mm-hmm. blessed salt, sprinkle it around. I mean, now the sacramental, this is not superstitious. It really is um, a vehicle to to be aware that God is in charge and to also understand that demons are also exist and that we are in a war. We have to really we can't get we can't get scared about this. We can't pull back. We got to go on the offensive and the sacramentals are, are beautiful ways for us to always stay focused that God is in charge. We, we depend on God. We rely on God and we believe, we believe that, um, we will be, we will be protected from all of this. So, um, there's, there's more to say about the sacramentals, but I'm a big believer in blessed salt, holy water, and Amen. blessed oil. I always mm-hmm. keep a, a, a flask you, of, uh, of the of exercise salt with me, especially when I travel on planes, because <laughs> I can, I can get the salt through security, but they'll take my water away. Uh, so I always keep a, a small flask of exercise salt with me whenever I travel. Uh, but that's going to be about all the time we have. Uh, but if you'd like to hear more, Debbie, where can people listen to you uh, about talking more about this? Well, definitely at Guadalupe Radio Network with the podcast that we have uh, done for a year, but also every Saturday um, at, you, you shared it earlier, Adrian, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. We are live this weekend talking about levels of demonic activity. Amen. I just want to thank you guys so much for having me on. Absolutely. I really, really love your show. Thank you very much. God bless you. God love you. And that's going to do it. We're going into to the Fear and Trembling Game Show. Call now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back with the Game Show right after this.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question if you're a non-Catholic friend. Was the Catholic Church in existence as far back as the first three centuries? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, baseball. In September 1845, the New York Knickerbocker Baseball Club was formally established and called baseball. Rules were set, included the diamond-shaped infield, foul lines, and the three-strike rule. But seven years before that, in 1775, that game was already being played on schoolyards, well before it was ever called baseball. Secondly, the Apostolic Father such as Tertullian, Clement, St. Ignatius, all wrote before 215 A.D. about the authority of the local bishop, and they used the name the Catholic Church, which already had the liturgy, the Eucharist, the readings, the relics, a hierarchy, and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. To fishermen, a dolphin was just a big fish until they were termed dolphins, but they were always dolphins. And baseball was baseball well before it was termed baseball. And you will love this. The early church was the Catholic Church well before Constantine the Great, the Nicene Creed, and your church history book. Ever feel like life's just too much? Maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace today, begin at catholicscomehome.com. I used to wonder if God really cared about me. Then I started praying and going to church. I realized that God in my life was the difference between occasionally being happy and finding lasting joy. If you're looking for something more, check out catholicscomehome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Seven 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 five seven nine four two four. That's the number to call to be part of the game show Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could win. How do you win, you may ask? Well, it's very simple. All you have to do is dial eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. That's the number to call, 877-757-9424. We always take the first caller, so call now, and you can be our contestant because we all have uh, several opportunities to win this week's prize. So you may be calling, okay, well, what am I calling into? What's going on here? I don't know what this is. It's very, very simple. We have a Catholic trivia game show. I have three Catholic trivia questions here in front of me. And the trick is, I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, I'm going to ask Tito the questions, and Tito's going to give me an answer, and it's going to be your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. And every right answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tito, what can they win? Thank you, Adrian. They can win a CDT coffee prize pack. With that prize pack, you receive a coffee cup signed by Adrian and myself, as well as two books, one from Fulton Sheen and the other one from an, uh, an author I cannot recall at this moment. So, yes, a CDT prize pack. All right. A CDT prize pack is the prize for this week. Uh, so make sure you call in 877 757 9424 and we always take the first caller so make sure you hop on and we'll have a great time and even if you don't know 
anything about these questions, I guarantee you, you're going to be able to have a great opportunity to win because even if you just guess, it's a 50-50 chance of you being right because all you have to do is say whether or not Tito is right or Tito is wrong, and that will give you an opportunity to win this week's prize. So call now, 877 757 Nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four. So let me go check over at the phone lines, and it looks like we have an opportunity because the phone lines are completely open. So the next person to pick up the phone and dial eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four will be our contestant today. So make sure you dial that out eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. I'm looking over at the questions today, and it looks like hmm, we got at least one tricky question, but it looks like the other two are fairly easy. So it's going to be a all easy questions, uh, mostly easy questions today. Uh, two, two easy, one difficult questions. So I'm sure it's going to be a great time. And if you are thinking, oh, Adrian, I can't just call in. I have uh, I'm driving. And so I can't just dial that number. Well, what you can do is you can actually go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And there, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can find all of the information about the show and our phone number is listed there. So you can always write that phone number down and call in uh, early. Put us on speed dial. Uh, but joining us right now is Carrie. Good morning to you, Carrie. Good morning. Uh, where are you calling from, Carrie? Luganbach, Texas. Ah, Luganbach, Texas. <laughs> Over there with Whaling and the Boys? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I've never been to Luganbach, Texas, but I've always wanted to go solely because of the song. So uh, what, is it, what, what is Luganbach, Texas known for other than being famous from being in songs? There's a dance hall and a little beer joint. So you're saying uh, I should come out there. So I can uh, go country dancing is what you're saying. You may do so, yes, sir. All right, all right. Then that's the plan. So where are you off to this morning? Oh, go to the ranch and try to ram up some calves. That's awesome. Praise be to God. That's really cool. I, nice. One, one day, one day I'm going to get a ranch and uh, and find myself a, a, nice, uh, a nice lady and settle down and, and maybe have some cows and some horses of my, of my own. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll that see. would be fun. There you go. But uh, it's great. Are you familiar with the game, Carrie? Yes, sir. Awesome. So you know Tito can be a little tricky. So you got to keep, you got to stay vigilant. All right? Yes, sir. All right. Then let's do it. Let's begin with question number one, Tito. I'm ready. You're ready? Then let's do it. Question number one. Um, In what century... Did Franciscan missionary friar Giovanni da Monte Corvino arrive in Asia? Friar Monte Corvino. Uh, normally, I would miss a question like this, but uh, I'm a huge history fan, and I've been reading medieval stuff. It seems as if the 12th, 13th, and 14th centuries, especially the 12th and 13th, were one of the best eras of the church with Dominic and Francis, but with this fella, uh, it was uh, the 13th century. It's just a gold mine of saints. Okay, so you're going with 13th century. Yes, sir. 
Well, I did mention that the, there's going to be one tricky question of these. And so, Carrie, question number one. The question is, in what century did Franciscan missionary friar Giovanni de Monte Corvino arrive in Asia? Tito seems to think it's the 13th century. Uh, what say you, Carrie? 15 seconds on the clock. Usually I agree with him, but this time I'll disagree. Are you sure you're going to disagree? I changed my mind. I want to agree with you. <laughs> he says he agrees. He says he agrees. Yeah. There there we go. There we go. Praise to God, Carrie. Uh, you can tell that Carrie is a veteran because he uh, very he quickly picked up on the cues. Uh, so you know he's a veteran. Uh, very, very good, Carrie. Good you, job, uh, Carrie. You, you got your uh, one for one so far. That's a 100% success rate. Are you ready for question number two? Yes, sir. All right. Well, just let you know the rest of these questions, I got to say, is gonna, it's, they're pretty easy. They're pretty easy. So uh, number one was the hardest one. So let's go to question number two. Tito, question number two for you. All right. Is baptism a right of purification purification a right of purification baptism well we to right to, ha, to have the right form you need water so uh that would imply cleanliness which would re- need to purity so yes um that would be my my logical conclusion i should know this but i don't but i'm just going to go with logic and go with that it's yes it is a right of purification okay all right the question is, is baptism a rite of purification? And, um, well, I mean, if baptism cleanses you of original sin, one might use the word purifies you. So 15 seconds of the clock. Carrie, what say you? Is the answer yes or is the answer no? Is Tito right or is he wrong? Uh, what say you, Carrie, from Lugenbach, Texas? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, he says. Way to go. Praise be to God. Easy peasy. I told you that the question was going to be easy. I knew you'd get it. Uh, but the, yes, baptism, a wonderful and some might argue is the most important sacrament because uh purifies you of original sin. So there you go. There you go. Good All job. righty, Carrie. Are you ready for question numero trace? Ready. Yes, sir. Uh, do you know what language trace is? German. Ah! Whoa! We have a smart man over here. We uh, he clearly is a man of great intelligence, a man of uh, great renown. I'm sure. I, I would have fell off my shoes if he said hi, German. Fall off your shoes? <laughs> I've never heard anybody say. Okay, question number three. The question on the board is: When does the church commemorate Jesus's Last Supper with his apostles? When? Uh, that would be Holy. Friday or or uh, good Good Friday. Good Friday. You're yeah, saying. yeah. Okay. Good Friday. Yeah. Okay. All right, Carrie. This question uh, seems to be a very straightforward question. So the question on the board is: When does the church commemorate Jesus's Last Supper with his apostles? Fifteen seconds of the clock. Tito says Holy Friday. What say you, Carrie? Is he right or is he wrong or is he trying to trick you? What say you, Carrie, from Lugenbach, Texas? Holy smokes, it's Holy Thursday. Holy smokes, it's Holy Thursday. He says, way to go, Carrie. That is correct. It Good is, job. in fact, Holy Thursday. 
That is the day. No, it's uh, White Wolf in our comment section let us know last time this question came around. He was like, technically speaking, the uh, there was a he ate with the with the apostles after the resurrection. So technically, it's not his last supper. It's his last supper before his death. I'm like, okay, all right, technicality. Whatever. That's Is he a correct. Kind of That's lawyer true. or something? Uh, but way to go, Carrie. You got three for three. Oh, How do you feel? Retired history teacher. There you go. Oh. There you go. Retired history teacher. Praise be to God. Yes. Mark. I love history. Thank you for your work, for, your, for all your years of uh, serving the, the kids at school. Well, the, Thank well you, Carrie, sir. God bless you. Uh, how do you feel? Wunderbar. Yeah. <laughs> good there, Spanish. There you go. <laughs> very good. Very good. Praise be to God. Well, that, they, let me uh, make sure we get your contact information. So stay on hold. Don't hang up. Sometimes people will uh, hang up on us, but stay on the line so we can get your contact information. So if we draw your name, we can make sure to send you the prize. Uh, but God bless you. God love you. And have a blessed day. Thank you. Y'all, too. Absolutely. I'm going to put you on hold. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you can join us, then I'd say hop on to our social media streams. Go to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Rumble, Odyssey, and you can hang out with us right there. Just look up Catholic Drive Time on any of those platforms, and you can interact with us directly. We'd be very excited to have a conversation with you right there. Whatever it is you want to talk about, you lead the conversation. Just let us know. But if not, and we'll see you back Monday, or not Monday, I don't know what I'm saying, tomorrow morning, Wednesday, June 7th, we'll see you back tomorrow morning, Wednesday, at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And remember, this is the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And let's say over and over again today, and every day this month, Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi. Today we celebrate the Feast of St. Norbert. We offer this Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for all of our online viewers and all those listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network. All hail adored Trinity. All hail eternal Unity, O God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, ever one. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ 
the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who made the Bishop St. Norbert a servant of your church, outstanding in his prayer and pastoral zeal, grant we ask that by the help of his intercession, the flock of the faithful may always find shepherds after your own heart and be fed in the pastures of salvation. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Tobit. On the night of Pentecost, after I had buried the dead, I, Tobit, went into my courtyard to sleep next to the courtyard wall. My face was uncovered because of the heat. I did not know there was birds perched on the wall above me, till their warm droppings settled in my eyes, causing cataracts. I went to see some doctors for a cure. But the more they anointed my eyes with various salves, the worse the cataracts became, until I could see no more. For four years I was deprived of eyesight, and all my kinsmen were grieved at my condition. Ahigar, however, took care of me for two years until he left for Alimais. At that time my wife Anna worked for hire at waving clothes, the kind of war women do. When she sent back the goods to their owners, they would pay her late in winter on the seventh of the entries. She finished the clothes and sent it back to the owners. They paid her the full salary and also gave her a young goat for the table. On entering my house, the goat began to bleed. I called for my wife and said, where did this goat come from? Perhaps it was stolen, give it back to its owners. We have no right to eat stolen food. She said to me, it was given to me as a bonus over and above my wages, yet I would not deliver, believe her, and told her to give it back to its owners. I became very angry with her over this, so she retorted, Where are your charitable deeds now? Where are your virtuous acts? See, your true character is finally showing itself. The Word of the Lord. The heart of the just one 
is firm, trusting in the Lord. Blessed the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. His prosperity shall be mighty upon the earth. The upright generation shall be blessed. The heart of the just one is firm, trusting in the Lord. The evil report, an evil report he shall not fear. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steadfast. He shall not fear till he looks down upon his foes. The heart of the Lord, the heart of the just one is firm, trusting in the Lord. Lavishing he gives to the poor. His generosity just endure forever. His horn shall be exalted in glory. The heart of the just one is firm, trusting in the Lord. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may know the hope that belongs to his call. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Some Pharisees and Herodians were sent to Jesus to ensnare him in his speech. They came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you are not concerned with anyone's opinion. You do not regard a person's status, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or should we not pay? Knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius to look at. They brought one to him, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They replied to him, Caesar's. So Jesus said to them, Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. They were utterly amazed at him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In this uh, week of the Most Holy Trinity that we celebrated last Sunday, we're looking at different aspects of the Trinity this, this week. And this wonderful reading of Tobit is that the image of God is man and woman and child. This is the image of communion of love, communion of persons, that is reflected in the Most Holy Trinity. And here in the Gospel, Jesus is ingenious the way he answers their question. You can even feel the mocking tone that they have when they ask him, we know that you are a truthful man. They obviously don't believe this. Uh, you are not concerned with anyone's opinion. Trying to set him up to say, you're, you're not even concerned about Caesar. And yet, in one beautiful stroke of genius, he says, to look to give the coins that belong to Caesar, but the other what is the other place that has God's image inscribed on it that is the human person? 
the human person belongs to God. All these rocks that are carved with the, you know, coins that are carved with a Caesar's image, they belong to him. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. There was a book uh, written by Archbishop Chaput a while back called Render Unto God. It was actually about American Catholics dealing with the political scene. And it, I was reading it, and about a, a, a chapter in, I was trying to figure out the tone of the book. And I realized the tone of the book was actually, it was in between the lines of this book, were what's called pastoral anger. Uh, it seems like the only appropriate response to seeing the way that Caesar and, you know, temporal power handles the image of God and the indignity through abortion, through same-sex unions, through all this gender confusion that happens, the only appropriate response to all of this is pastoral anger. In fact, I don't think I trust anybody who's not angry at the situation. The, the situation is so bad. Uh, the gap is so far. We've come so far away from the truth that the only healthy response is to be angry. Pope St. John Paul II, working in the minds of first the communists and then the socialists, or sorry, the other reverse, the socialists, the Nazis, and then the, the, the Russian communists, he wrote a, a, a poem that men learned love through anger. That is, anger is a gift from God to oppose evil. It is not a gift to make one's, a person unduly fixated on something they have no control of, or to become rageful or vengeful or irritable in any of those cases. That's sinful anger. What he's talking about is the will needs an aid, a strength, a kind of buoy to push it towards the resistance of what is wrong with the world. And that is the gift of anger. How do you know if you have healthy anger or unhealthy anger? It's the end. All emotions are what's called pre-moral. I don't agree with the statement that some people say they're amoral. They don't have a morality. That's not true. They become moral dependent upon the end. This is the teaching of St. Thomas Aquinas on the passions. As soon as the end is met, so by their fruits you shall know them. Does your pastoral anger teach you to pray for the other person, pray for the situation, to take up healthy action, to stop it, to oppose it, to turn the tide? Then it is good. Does your unhealthy anger make you lose sleep or become an irritable, bitter, critical person? Then it becomes sinful. And so we're called to bring that to Christ, to worship Jesus with whatever is going on inside of us, that we can uh, actually change the situation and bring about a holy good, that the image of God impressed upon each human person and the dignity in which we were made, and the, the, especially the family that we were, for which we were made, may have that splendor and glory that we render unto God what belongs to God. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that the church may shine forth in the holiness of Jesus Christ. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may be protectors of the dignity of the human person and defenders of the weak. For this we pray to the Lord.
we pray for government leaders that they may not oppose Christ and that may not tarnish or diminish the image of God and every human person. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, that we may respond with generosity to Jesus in his disguise. For this we pray to the Lord. And we pray for all of our beloved dead. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. We adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Spirit, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look with favor, O Lord, we pray, on the offerings we set upon this sacred altar, on the feast day of St. Norbert, that bestowing on us your pardon, our oblation may give honor to your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as in the festival of St. Norbert, you bid your church rejoice. So too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life, teach her by his words of preaching, and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaho, Banis Angelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna, in you are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, 
and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with her blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Norbert, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant, Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you've summoned before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world, to our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life. Give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Receptus salutaribus moniti, divin institutioni formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, Panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et emite nobis debita nostra, 
Sicut et nos demitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. On you stay, we tolly specatum mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Qui tolli specata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolli specata mundi, donna nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy. You should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord finds awake when he comes and knocks at the gate. Act of Spiritual Communion My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Domain everlasting is thy reign. 
Hark the loud celestial hymn, angel choirs above are raising, cherubim and seraphim in unceasing chorus praising, fill the heavens with sweet accord. Holy, holy, holy Lord, fill the heavens with sweet accord. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Oh, the blessed twelve proclaim to the Father hymns of glory. Prophets sing in loud acclaim. Martyrs tell the wondrous story, and from morn to set up sun, through the church they sing as one, and from morn to set up sun, through the church they sing as one. Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Spirit, three we name thee, while in essence only one. Undivided God we claim thee, and adoring bend the knee. While we hold the mystery and adoring and the knee, while we hold the mystery, let us pray. Renewed by sacred mysteries, we humbly pray, O Lord, that following the example of Saint Norbert we may strive to profess what he believed and to practice what he taught through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in the peace of Christ. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, Hetzbus Nostra Salve. Ad te clamamus, exules filii hefe, ad te suspiramus, gemen. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance, Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Hi, I'm Father Preston Cantella from Our Lady of Perpetual Help.